You're listening to a teaching from Get the Word Out and Mary Jean Powers. For more information and audio content, visit www.getthewordout.cc. Leaving a legacy of worship and the fear of the Lord. What is a legacy? One definition is that it's something left behind or handed down by a predecessor. Or another, something that is a part of one's history. Or something that remains from an earlier time. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, Moses talks about leaving a spiritual legacy. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your door frames and on your gates. I'm particularly interested in one phrase from verse 7, impress them on your children. When you were a child, did you ever make an imprint of your hand in plaster or clay? I did, and that's how I've always interpreted the word impress, to make an impression of. I imagine God pressing his hand into my heart, leaving a permanent, eternal mark of both love and destiny. The words Moses gave us in Deuteronomy exhort us to imprint a kingdom mark on the hearts of our children. Several years ago, I asked one of my mentors to explain how she understood this passage of Scripture. Being a missionary and a mother of seven children and a grandmother of 21, I knew she would have an opinion. Her response? She said, Every time I return home from a mission trip, I call my family together and tell them stories about what God did while I was away. I impress them with my God. Then quite unexpectedly, she turned toward me and with fire in her eyes, she said, Mary Jean, the legacy is the fear of the Lord. That phrase pierced my heart then and its meaning has only intensified since that day. As I read some verses on the fear of the Lord, listen specifically for the connection between worship and the legacy of fearing God. Isaiah chapter 33, verses 5 and 6. The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He will fill Zion with justice and righteousness. He will be the sure foundation for your times a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. And the fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. In Deuteronomy 5.29, God said, Oh, that there were such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. Psalm chapter 103 11 through 14 and 17 to 18. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his loving kindness toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. 
like a father has compassion on his children, so Yahweh has compassion on those who fear him, for he knows how we are made. He remembers that we are dust, but Yahweh's loving kindness is from everlasting to everlasting with those who fear him, his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant, to those who remember to obey his precepts. In Jeremiah 32, 38 through 41, God said, They shall be my people, and I will be their God, and I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever for their good and of their children after them. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from following them to do them good. And I will put my fear in their hearts that they may not depart from me. Yes, I will rejoice over them to do them good. And I will plant them in this land assuredly with my whole heart and with my whole soul. I am convinced that the legacy we are created to leave as worshipers of Almighty God is the fear of the Lord. An all-encompassing, awe-inspiring, abandoned allegiance to the King of Eternity. Whether it be to our natural-born descendants, our spirit-born disciples, or to the countless ones we will influence but never know face-to-face, -face, worshipers are marked by the legacy we leave. And that legacy is the fear of the Lord. There is no question for those who know us that we belong to God and owe Him our very lives. The honor that we have for God weaves its way in and out of all we do and say. A worshiper is immersed in a God consciousness that settles the atmosphere and reflects a lifestyle of honor for the Holy One. To the worshiper, Jesus' presence is as near as the air he breathes. I'm not talking about some mystical, super-spiritual hype, but simply a humble awareness that things are not as they seem. The one who lives, moves, and breathes the presence of God exists in a more real reality than the chair you're sitting on right now or the coffee you're drinking. Those who worship the Father in spirit and in truth see the unseen, and hear the inaudible voice of the Godhead. Because the worshiper's soul is inclined toward God, there's a standing invitation for God to be the Lord of each moment of his life. When I was a child, we sang this song in Sunday school. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. Oh, be careful, little mind, what you think. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do. If we were taught the meaning of that song correctly, the emphasis would have been on the fear of the Lord, that holy and perfect blend of, I love you, and your majesty. We would have made the connection that the king of the universe sees us through the eyes of love. And because we also love him, we are careful with the choices we make. 
Unfortunately, the fear of the Lord that was often communicated to many of us was the afraid kind of fear, that we had better not mess up because God was watching and punishment would be sure to follow. True fear of the Lord frees us to obey God because we love Him, and we love Him because He loved us first. Lord, I adore you. You are magnificent. And you're so beautiful. Because I love you so much, I want to please you. You are God. I am not. You are the potter. I'm just the clay. You are the king. I am the subject. You are the creator. I am the creation. I will do what you say because I trust your heart. And I'll be careful where I go and what I say and what I do and what I listen to because you are God, my God, and you are good. The more aware I am of God's presence, the more I fear him. The more aware I am of his presence with me, the more I want to obey him. As I become increasingly aware of him during the moments of my days, I find myself more honoring, more respectful. He is Emmanuel, God with me. He does see me with eyes of love. His presence carries weight in my soul. Line upon line, his thoughts renew my own. From strength to strength, his peace brings healing to my emotions. As trust builds upon trust, his desires soften my stone-hard will. He becomes my most precious relationship, my highest value, and my dearest friend. I worship him by trusting him, and to trust God is to fear him. I worship him by obeying him. In obedience, too, we fear God. I worship him with the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart because I am profoundly aware that he is my only hope. He is the solid rock on which I stand, my strength in all circumstances, and the one who redeems me every single day. Even when all is not well in the world, all is well in my soul. The worshiper lives. I mean, he really lives. He laughs hard. He plays hard. He prays until he prays. He praises until he praises. Or he can sit in silent contentment. His work ethic is honorable. His heart is generous. His home is openly gracious and peaceful. He is honest and integrity is his friend. He is God-assured. He is secure in being nobody or somebody. And he knows that he is significant because he has been engraved in the palm of the Prince of Peace. He is kept by his maker.
and he acts like it. It's almost as if he can see eternity, and sometimes when you're with him, you feel like you can see it too. Yielded, surrendered, loyal, fixed. These are traits of the one who worships the one and only lover of our souls. Because of these characteristics, it seems easier to wait on the Lord when you're with a worshiper, easier to pray, easier to ask good questions. There's freedom to be childlike, and little by little you become more comfortable with just being human. You realize it's okay to not know something. It's even okay to be weak. Maybe that's it. When you decide that life is good because the author of life is good, that to live is Christ, you can finally relax about being human. Judgment vanishes. Criticism ceases, fears dissipate, mockery dies, skepticism lies dormant, and cynicism heals. Yeah, I think that's it. Being a worshiper of the God of life frees you to love life, to choose life. And to choose life is to fear the Lord of life. Being a lover of God frees you to love people, and to love people is to fear the Lord of love. Being a trusting child with God frees you to leave a legacy of the fear of the Lord. To invite others into his family is an expression of fearing the Lord. Yes, the legacy is the fear of the Lord. He is life, and life is good. Jesus commanded us to teach people how to truly live. He said, make disciples. The Old Testament says it this way, tell it to the next generation. Go make disciples. Remember what we read in verse 7 of Deuteronomy 6? Impress these things on your children. Go make disciples. Teach them to your children. Go make disciples. Joel chapter 1 verse 3 says, Tell it to your children, and let your children tell it to their children, and their children to the next generation. Go make disciples. We have heard it with our ears, O God. Our fathers have told us what you did in their days. Psalm 44, 1. Go make disciples. Psalm 71, 18 says, Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, O Lord, until I declare your power to the next generation, your might to all who are to come. Jesus said, Go make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Psalm 78, 4-7 says, we will not hide them from their children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power, and the wonders he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our forefathers to teach their children, so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. Go make disciples. 
I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you established your faithfulness in heaven itself. Psalm 89, 1 and 2. Paul exhorts his disciples in Thessalonica, You know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Again, Paul teaches his disciples in Corinth in his first letter, chapter 4, verses 14 and 15. I am writing this not to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children, even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Go, make disciplined followers of Jesus and teach them to worship him. Leave a legacy of the fear of the Lord. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. Psalm 145, 3-7.